You're listening to Fit Girl, your guide to getting in shape, the podcast dedicated to helping you get in shape and stay in shape by focusing on training, nutrition, and motivation. Your host is Kira Langolf, master fitness trainer and creator of the Fitness Makeover Program. Workout smarter, not harder. This podcast is giving you the tips, insights, and guidance that I give all my personal training clients. You can work with me online as your personal fitness trainer and personal development coach. Check out your options at fitnessmakeover.com. This is podcast episode number 179. In this episode, surviving your summer vacation while enjoying your food and shoulder stabilization exercises, how to keep your shoulders healthy no matter what. A couple of updates. I've had some problems with the website server, so some of the links may have been down, but um, they're certainly fixed now. So if you go to fitnessmakeover.com, it should guide you through everything and every place that you need to be. And there's a couple of them that are still in the process of being fixed. So if you do end up with a link that is bad, just either email it to me or check back with it um, in the next week or so, and it should be back to normal. Also, the book Mindset Makeover, Stay Motivated, Get the Body You Want, and Live the Life of Your Dreams is available for sale in paperback. You can get it either at the Fitness Makeover Pro Shop or you can go to thebookpatch.com and search Kira Langolf or Mindset Makeover and you can find the book there. I'll be posting some of the pictures that I'm going to talk about in this episode on the Facebook page, which is Fit Girl USA which also corresponds with the Twitter page for Fit Girl. So if you're following me on Twitter or if you're part of the Facebook page, you'll be able to see those pictures right away. And now that our summer vacation is over and kids are back at school, at least here in Florida they are, I can get back onto the regular podcast schedule. So let's get started. Now in this section of the podcast, we're going to combine motivation and nutrition because when you think about vacations, especially summer vacations, because they tend to last longer than just a weekend vacation, of course, you think about how are you going to eat? How are you going to keep on your exercise schedule? And most importantly, you want to be able to enjoy yourself and you want to feel good about whatever you wear, especially if you're going to the beach. And you don't want to be worried about finding the right foods or making the perfect workout or whatever the case may be, you want to be able to enjoy what you're doing. Now, this is a great example of why weight training is so much more important for your metabolism than just cardiovascular training. Now, of course, cardio has its benefits as well, but we're talking about impacting your metabolism so that your body is burning calories and fat all day long. It's the weight training that's going to make the big difference. Now, normally I eat pretty well, not perfectly, of course, but, you know, pretty decently getting meals in, protein, carbs, vegetables, maybe not as much as I should. But anyways, sticking to a regular pattern and same thing with my weight training. I may get four times a week, I may get three or two, but at least I know that I'm getting something consistently. So when I go on vacation, I'm thinking, what can I do or do I have to do anything at all to stay in shape? Now, we drove up to Massachusetts from Florida, making a couple of stops on the way to stay with some family and friends, and 
enjoyed some local foods and saw some of the sights and things like that. So there were no workouts involved for at least, uh, I would say, like a week and a half. Just a lot of eating and driving and sitting. So by the time I actually got to start a workout actually in a gym, uh, it had probably been about two, maybe three weeks since my last workout. And I pretty much expected to be a little bit on the weak side because I had gone so much time, but I was surprised that I really wasn't. I mean, I kind of picked up where I left off. Now, if I know I'm going to be somewhere for a while, then I will definitely get a short-term membership at a gym or make up a program myself to actually do at home. And in this case, I joined a gym. They had great equipment, but I also knew that we were going to be doing a lot of different activities and on different schedules. So I knew I wasn't going to be able to work out every single day. So what I did was a two-day split. Did half the body one day, half the other day. Now, instead of doing what most people would do is that they would do lower body one day and upper body the next. I did not do that. I wanted to work the major muscle groups as much as possible. So I'll tell you exactly what I did. I actually did day one of legs or quadriceps, back and chest. And on day two, I did hamstrings and arms or a little bit of shoulders, biceps and triceps. Now, I used supersets. I went as heavy a weight as I could handle for the right amount of repetitions, which is like eight repetitions, and pushed myself. I mean, just like anything else, if you're going to work out, don't be kind of half-assed about it. You know, do a good job. Yes, you're going to have those days where you will be half-assed, but the less, the better. So I did a superset of squats and pull-ups, and then I went to um, seated row with the incline barbell press. And then some sort of lunge, I kind of switched that up a bunch with either a reverse fly or some sort of pull down. And then onto calves and boom, out the door. So the workout would take me an hour, sometimes a little less. And I did about five sets of each for eight repetitions and with as little rest as possible in between each set. Now the second workout focused on hamstrings and arms, so shoulders, biceps, triceps. So on that day, I would superset the line leg curl with either a shoulder press or a lateral raise, and then stiff-legged deadlifts with whichever shoulder exercise I didn't do previously, and then I would go on to biceps and triceps and superset a reverse curl with either a French press or tricep extension, and then go on to, uh, let's see, hammer curls with a press down of some kind. So for the arms, I did three or four sets of eight to 10 repetitions. And then of course on the hamstrings, I went heavier and lower repetitions, mostly about eight repetitions on those. So you can see if I missed a day in between, not a big deal because I'm still working large body parts for the most part, more on the first day than the second, but I'm still doing exercises that are going to impact the metabolism and make myself burn fat much more effectively and burn a lot of calories in that one hour time. Now, usually my workouts will take anywhere from 45 minutes to an hour, and that's weight training only. I don't do any cardio when I'm doing the workouts. And actually, I haven't done cardio in a really long time because the weight training workouts are intense and they are very cardiovascular in themselves because of the supersets and keeping the rest to a minimum. 
Now, before you try to say that my body's so much different than yours and you could never do that, let me remind you that I used to be a cardio queen too. I used to focus on the cardio and then kind of secondary on the weights, but it wasn't until the weight training became the major focus and I cut out the cardio that things changed and my weight stabilized and I didn't have to really worry about what I was eating and all of this came from the intense weight training. Now, I'm like most of you out there, so if I can do it, so can you. Sometimes it takes just kind of relearning everything that you know so that you have the confidence to change it or at least give it that full-hearted try because believe me, it was very hard when I stopped doing cardio. It was very hard to worry about my weight and everything like that. But then when I saw the results, I thought it was great, you know, and I still think it's great because I don't have to do cardio and I can stay lean, I can stay strong, and I think that's the best of the whole world right there. You can uh, have your cake and eat it too, so to speak. Now, if you don't believe that weight training by itself can give you some great cardiovascular benefits, let me tell you what happened this summer. When we're up north in Massachusetts, they have a five-mile race that is run every single year on the 4th of July, and it's kind of a family tradition. I've run it a bunch of years when I was really into um, running in college and things like that. So I had some familiarity with the course, even though they've changed it since I last did it. My uncle usually runs it every year and has for a very long time, and his son was going to run with him. Well, his son couldn't make it, so I said, okay, I'll fill in, and I ran the race five miles. Um, it was not my best time, but I finished, I survived, and you know it wasn't as torturous as it might have been. Uh, the best thing, though, is that I could do it and I was actually better than a lot of other people who probably run all the time. So your cardiovascular benefit will come and the strength that you get from the weight training will help you in everything you do, especially if you do like to run. Now, I personally cut out running because of the fact that it, it makes you lose muscle mass and I have a very hard time gaining muscle mass and knowing that that is the key to the metabolism, uh, I basically said, well, I'm going to ditch the running because it's more important for me to get some muscle, to keep my metabolism up, and to be able to manage my weight. Now keep in mind, this comes from somebody who used to run anywhere from five to eight miles every single day when I was in college um, trying to drop body fat. And of course it didn't work because I dropped muscle and then as soon as I ate, the weight went back up. Now along with that, I also did a lot of biking. and biking through the mountains, um, up, down, miles, 20 miles at a time, whatever. It, just intense stuff. And you know what? The cardio still never helped. So the weight training about 20 years later when I finally figured it out made the big difference. So again, sometimes you need to take that jump and say, I'm going to do something I've never done before and trust that that's going to be beneficial for you at the very least, but probably the answer to your problems. Now here's the really hysterical part. When I was talking with my friends and such after the race, we're talking about, oh, you know, yes, I used to run it. And I thought back, when was the last time I ran this race? And I thought, well, I had to be in college. And oh my goodness, you do the calculations. That was at least 20 years ago. So that was at least 20 years or more since I had actually run that type of distance or really any distance at all. 
So look, I'm no superwoman and I'm not perfect, but I do focus on my weight training and I do make sure I challenge myself each time. And that's how I was able to finish a five mile race. Maybe not in my best time, but I still finished in a reasonable time. I, you know, definitely there was hundreds of people that were behind me, so I don't feel too badly about how I did. But the fact that I just said, okay, the night before and did no preparation, no training, and it had been 20 years since I had done something like that. And to be able to do it and be okay with it when other people were throwing up and cramping and stuff, because obviously up there, they're used to the cooler weather, and it happened to be a very, very hot, sunny day. But for me, being from Florida, no big deal. That didn't affect me like it did everybody else. So focus on weight training. Now, that is just the physical aspect of it and understanding how you can take a little bit of time to keep your results or even to get great results. You could actually take that workout that I was doing, that two-day split, and you could probably use that for a good month or two and drop some solid weight. Now, the reason why I like to make my workouts like that when I'm on vacation is because, like I said, if I miss a day, not a big deal. I go on to day number two. But if I have the time to do, let's say, three days in a row, I can still do that. So this gives me the flexibility to do workouts when I can and then take the days off when I can and still stay in balance and still keep my metabolism where it should be. Now, being the exercise portion, now let's talk about the nutrition. Now, you know what? When you're on vacation, you want to eat whatever foods are local. You don't want to sit there and have chicken and potato. You want to enjoy things. Um, Different areas have pizza places that are completely different than what you're used to, or maybe um, Indian food or Chinese food, or when we're up north, obviously fish and seafood is very healthy, but there's also the fried clams, and there's the uh, French fries and fish and chips and things that you wouldn't normally have every single day, but things that you want to enjoy when you're on vacation. And when I say enjoy, that means you want to be able to eat them and still feel good the next day and not feel guilty the next day and not feel like you have to go exercise five hours to burn it off because that is not how it works. If you're still of the mindset that you have to burn off as many calories as you eat to lose weight or to maintain your weight, then you're still going to be struggling with your weight for a long time. And you may hear very famous people say that it's calories in, calories out, and that's not exactly the truth. If it was, you wouldn't be struggling with your weight anymore. So it's boosting the metabolism and using your weight training to do that and cutting back a little on the cardio. Yes, eating right most of the time, but that's going to enable you to enjoy those times when you want to eat the things that you don't like. Now, when we say eating, I should also include drinking because sometimes you'll have wine or beer or whatever alcoholic beverage that you might want to have. And of course, yes, that does impact your metabolism and everything all in equal. If you're not doing it all the time, you can kind of get away with that splurge on vacation. Now, the pictures I'll be posting are going to be proof to you that I did eat not so many healthy things. So uh, I think we took a picture when I was having some fried clams and, of course, wine, which up there it's like every single night. There are not pictures, unfortunately, of the various ice creams and fast foods that we had, especially as we were driving from Florida to Massachusetts. I mean, you can only have so many healthy choices out there. Sometimes you just got to eat something that's going to get you to the next stop. 
So let's stop right now and talk about that. When we're traveling, I always bring some of my own food. So I, so I have my protein powders with me. I usually have some of my favorite protein bars and some of my vitamins, certainly not all of them. But I do like to make sure that I always start my day with my protein drink. Just two scoops of whey protein, nothing fancy. But uh, that is a regular to me, and I kind of expect that in the morning. And I think that's one of the things that helps to keep me on track as well, even when we're on vacation. I'm still getting the right amount of protein in. Because normally when you're eating, well, like a regular person, you don't get enough protein in. You end up getting more carbs, and that kind of sets up the metabolism also to gain weight. So keeping that balance and making sure that you're getting them some quality protein would be important. Now, when we're traveling or we're driving, yeah, sometimes the kids will have chips or whatever, um, but I would like to have a protein bar or, again, something that's a little more nutritious as a snack. Now, I'll be honest with you, I had some snacks that weren't so healthy either. And when we went to the drive-thrus, I would normally get like a Happy Meal, the small hamburger, little small fries, and a drink, and that would be fine for me. So it's not a huge flux of calories. I mean, sure, I probably could have eaten something bigger, but knowing that just the plain little hamburger is sufficient and a little bit of fries, it just, it's, it's a good balance. Um, it's easy to do. And if you calculate up the calories, it's probably not as much as if you just had a Big Mac or something. So again, not going to mess you up totally. Not optimal, but not completely detrimental either. Because to be honest with you, sometimes the salads and the chicken sandwiches are more laden with fat than just a regular plain burger. Now, when we did our trip, we drove about eight, eight and a half hours in one shot because that got us to our first friend's house that we stayed with. And then the next stop was family. And then the next stop, there we were. And then same thing in reverse. So our trip, even though it could have been longer, was three, eight hours, eight and a half hours in the car going up and then coming back down. So we didn't really have a whole lot of time to stop and enjoy food on the way up and down in the car because our goal was to get there as soon as possible. So just hitting the drive through having making sure we had snacks with us um, wherever we went, we were able to stop at a grocery store and restock. So sometimes we had healthy choices and sometimes not so healthy, but we had everything right there we needed. So there wasn't going to be anything that was impulse except for a couple of times when we were really tired and needed to wake up. So, you know, we got the M&Ms or the Twizzlers or you know, little snack foods like that. But that's going to be expected. And you know what? When you focus on your weight training and you focus consistently most of the year, you can get away with it. Now, the reason I'm telling you all of this in such detail is because, you know what? I would have never thought this would be me many, many years ago when I was in, in college or in my 20s, 30s, worrying about my weight, the slightest little thing getting bloated or fat or whatever you want to call it, I would have never thought that at my age now, I could eat like that, not exercise, and still look the same. And my clothes fit the same, the bathing suit fit the same, and I'm actually going to post also a fantastic picture that my daughter took of me in my bathing suit jumping off uh, one of the, the docks or rafts that we have out there. It's a really cool picture. And that was actually the day after the fried clams and the wine. So you can see you don't have to get bloaty from those types of foods if you do the right stuff all the time, or most of the time at least. Now, I'll be the first to admit I am not in 
my ultimate best shape. I'm not where I want to be. Things have happened the last couple of years and things have gone awry. But you know what? I also know that, hey, I'm not that far off. Okay, so sometimes we get too hard on ourselves and say, gosh, you know, I should be here. I should be there. I used to look like this or that. And realistically, you can do it. You can take the time and do it. But sometimes it's not a priority. Sometimes life itself and dealing with certain issues is of a higher priority than getting in perfect shape. And realize that if you really, truly want to get in perfect shape, you can do that in, let's say, maybe three months time, which isn't that much time to take out of a year. And then once you get in that great shape, you can maintain it. All right. So I've babbled on about what we did on vacation long enough. But my point is that, you know what, if with a little bit of planning and keeping to a semi-structure and doing the right exercises, mainly your weight training, you can enjoy foods that you wouldn't normally eat and not gain weight. And that is the best part of life ever. Now, obviously, you're not going to eat like that every single day. But if you take a month off like I did and you get workouts in, I think I maybe got two weeks worth of workouts in and stay active, you can do it. It is possible. And by the way, I don't buy into that whole excuse of, well, I'm over the age of 30 or 35 or 40 or 45, so my metabolism has slowed down. I just can't do it like that. Or it's impossible for me to stay in shape or it's impossible for me to lose weight or whatever the case may be. That whole age thing is just nonsense, okay? I'm over 45, but I'm not going to say that again, and you better not tell anybody. So I can tell you honestly that, yes, you can change, you can maintain, you know, that whole concept is not something that you need to worry about. Just focus on your weight training and eating the right foods most of the time. And then you truly can have the body you want and keep it. I'm going to come back around to the beginning again and talk about the Mindset Makeover book. And this book is full of all of the different things that I've used and use successfully to change my mindset and to recreate that picture that I had of myself so that I can be where I am today. So as I make the e-course, I'm going to be doing some videos, some worksheets, putting together as many tools as I can to help you achieve the same clarity in your picture of what you truly are, your body and your mind and everything all included. And that certainly makes a big difference, of course, in your confidence and your self-esteem. So no matter what you may actually look like, if you're not in your perfect shape or if you're just not feeling your best, having the tools to pick yourself up and refocus and get re-energized and motivated is something that you're going to be able to use for a lifetime and it's going to keep you on track. And that, of course, is the biggest obstacle for most people is getting back on track when you step off course. And whenever you can get back on track faster, you're that much closer to success. I hope that by my sharing with you the mistakes that I've made will help prevent you from making the same mistakes and save you some of the time that I lost doing the things that don't work so that you can also get in shape and stay in shape. And yes, there really is a part two of this, or part three, but I just wanted to let you know that if in the previous segment you heard some weird noises, maybe some squeaking, well, that would be our new dog 
playing with one of the toys. She doesn't quite understand that when I'm podcasting, you're supposed to be quiet. Anyways, we do still need to talk about what exercises to do to help with your shoulders. And that would mean to keep them healthy or to keep them injury free. Also to help them heal after an injury. And sometimes that's going to come up because the shoulders are used so much in every single movement we do. So the first thing is starting out with an external rotation for the rotator cuff. And I actually use that as a warm up before all of my um, workouts because it really helps to get that shoulder activated, but it also helps to keep it strong so that it's going to work better and run through the range of motion better. And yes, even if I work out two days in a row, I still do the external rotator exercise. And I'm going to post the video of that um, on the blog and the websites and everything else so that you can see how to do it with the tubing. And the tubing is the easiest way to do it, that um, or the resistance band, whatever you want to call it. And the reason I do that each time is because, to be honest with you, if I don't, then I won't do it at all. And it has been very beneficial. I know it's a great exercise, but sometimes we forget to do some of those little exercises that we know are good for us, kind of like eating our broccoli. We know it's good for us. We know we should have it, but if we can get away with not doing it, we, we don't. So anyways, putting it at the beginning of a routine works really well for me. Now, in addition to that, you want to focus on the rear deltoids. You also want to focus on the rhomboids, which is right below the neck, or some people would call it the upper back or the trapezius area because it's kind of all combined. So starting out with your external rotation, whether with tubing or with a weight, but usually the tubing is better because the weights can be kind of heavy for that exercise. Then focusing on your reverse flies. And when you do reverse flies, you have to think of your regular fly with your elbow bent. And when you lift that arm out, you've got to stop and hold at the top so that you can squeeze the back of the shoulder and at the very least squeeze your shoulder blades together. That's going to activate those muscles. And even though you will see people throwing the weights back and forth in the gym, don't get in that habit. Get in the habit instead of your, doing your reverse fly with a one or two second hold at the top. It is much harder. You'll have to go with a fraction of the weight you're using but it's going to be much more effective and you're going to feel it in the right muscle groups. Now I'm going to give you two other exercises, even though of course there's a lot more that are beneficial, but two of them that you can do. One is a seated row to the neck. And if you use a rope handle, it usually works better. And you will just pull that up with your elbows high. It's almost like an upright row, but it's coming back at you more like a regular row. So you kind of get the best of both on that one. Sometimes for people, a regular upright row is very hard on the shoulder joint. So by doing the rope row to your neck, you're going to be able to squeeze those rhomboids and the trapezius muscles and really activate that whole upper back. And again, going with a light weight under very good control. And you can also add shrugs. Now, if you're worried about getting a big, huge neck, which won't happen if you're a girl, but don't some people still get paranoid about that, then go for a little more repetitions. So maybe anywhere from 10 to 15 repetitions. So that way, where what you're doing is giving that muscle a little more endurance. It's kind of one of those crossover muscles that can be powerful, um, but can also be endurance oriented. So use it whichever way is going to work best for your goals. 
the bottom line with shoulders is to try to keep them healthy all the time. So doing exercises that are not going to put excess stress on the shoulder joint, doing exercises correctly, focusing more on your back exercises than your chest and shoulder exercises, and just trying to keep a general balance in with your stretching and your weight training and everything else that you do in the gym. So just a reminder, if you haven't checked out fitnessmakeover.com lately, go ahead and check it out because it's uh, changed quite a bit. And if you're not signed up for the newsletter or the notifications, go ahead and do that too because when the e-course is ready and when other products are coming out, I can let you know as soon as possible. And also, you'll get notification of that if you're part of the Facebook page or following me on Twitter. As always, thanks for listening. I hope you enjoyed this episode and I look forward to giving you all the insights to help you reach all of your goals and to help you get the body you want and keep it. If you'd like additional information on these topics and more articles on health, nutrition, and exercise, visit allinoneworkout.com and fitnessmakeover.com. You can connect with me online at facebook.com forward slash fitgirlusa or on Twitter at Fit Girl.